Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 399. On this episode, we've got some cancellation and renewal news, and then we'll be discussing the series premiere episodes of The Cool Kids, FBI, Manifest, A Million Little Things, and Single Parents. Plus, we've got some TV recommendations at the end. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 399. I'm Jason the TV Holic from tvholic.com. I'm Kyle from noreruns.net. And I'm just plain old Lynn. <laughs> plain old Lynn. Uh, from you know, adding a little international flavor to the uh, to the podcast. May we but of girls, sir. <laughs> a little maple. You know. <laughs> Good day, eh? Well, the majority of the shows are produced in Canada, so yes. it's only <laughs> it's only fitting. It's only fitting. So yeah, there's a, a little bit of news uh, from the last uh, I don't know couple of weeks here. Uh, Disney Channel has renewed Ducktales for a third season. Woo! <laughs> I didn't. <Sorry. laughs> I didn't even know I could do that till right now. <laughs> 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 well, way to save it for the podcast, Kyle. Uh, I didn't even know that. I thought that it just like started. Like they're already doing a third season. They've been a they've been at Comic Con for two years now. Oh, so. Has it been two years? He's time flies. Uh, uh, Showtime has canceled. I'm dying up here after two seasons. So. They're dead. That's gone. <laughs> yes. No. Uh, I still have all of it sitting on my TV. I, I watched the first episode and yeah, it never was, got. I don't know. It was one that it, it was kind of surprising that it got a second season, except that, I don't know, a lot of shows on the premium networks almost all get a second season very seldom. Especially when you're doing like a period thing and you put a lot of money yeah. into recreating the era. Yeah, the time period. Uh, and then lastly, uh, USA Network has renewed Queen of the South for a fourth season. Which, uh, hmm. yeah, that was the uh, that was the opening night show. Uh, for <laughs> like, uh, I'm still back four, in season four two. ATXs ago. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I think the last I time I or two okay. or three ATXs ago. I think the last time I watched it was catching up for this podcast when we were talking about it with Claire. And now I I haven't watched it since then, but I have all the episodes sitting on my TV. I, I was gonna say I wanted to wanted to watch it and the only time I've seen it was at ATX. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the number of shows that <laughs> I go, Oh yeah, the only episodes I've ever seen is the premiere episode that I saw screened at ATX and then uh so yeah that's uh, uh that's the news and uh we'll move on to the uh, primetime segment and talk a little bit about uh, some of the new shows that have started up here in the last week first up is manifest uh, season 1 episode 1 the pilot Kyle, since you just rewatched it so that you could remember what was in it, what did you think about it? I still enjoy it. Like I rewatched it and I enjoyed it again the second time around because uh, 
the last time I had seen it was way back before um, Comic Con back in July. So I, I rewatch it, and yeah, I think they set up a, a good premise. Um, I know some people thought that the sister was annoying, but I didn't get that at all. I, I like these characters. I thought it was interesting uh, being a twin. Also, like you have the aspect of you got the twins where one is now five years older, where that before they used to be the uh, the same age. So that that's got to be a little strange for both kids uh, to be dealing with that. Um, and then you also have like the father that missed out on his his whole daughter growing up. Now she's suddenly like a a teenager and he uh, like missed all those years. And also the wife, it seems like she may have moved along, uh, started to move along uh, while he was away, thinking that he was dead and and everyone moves on. And the sister is also missing her would be fiance, which of course he's not going <laughs> to wait around if, he thinks uh, she's dead. So I, I they set up I, I like the mystery that they set up. Like these people all seem to have these powers now, like what's going on. And they also have like a connection to one another, how, how that's going to work. And it seems like it's going to be like maybe more like Lost where we're going to get like maybe like a passenger a week and see what their story was along with this larger story. I'm hoping that we learn more about because they got like a hundred and. 91 passengers i think it was so they got plenty of characters that can pull in who were who were involved in this in this mystery but yeah i i think this was one of my probably my favorite of the new shows and one of the few that i was anxious to see the next episode once i finished the pilot like a lot of the other ones uh i was just meh on but this one i i really was interested to see where it goes next how about you lynn I, I agree with Kyle that I, I definitely am intrigued. There were some parts of it that I was just yelling at the TV going, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> you know, the repeated words, I'm not going to say it because then I'll get them stuck in my head. But just it was a little bit of overkill on that. Um, I definitely agree with Kyle. My mom's a twin. Um, and I And I think that will be a really, really interesting story. Line and I hope that they flesh that out. I am one of those people that thought that the sister um, was Michaela was really flat. Um, I really, I was really hoping that you know it sounds like she's got a meaty backstory and there's some sort of guilt, and I might have missed part of that. But um, yeah, I just felt like it was just ugh. There's, 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 you can tell from the writing, there's so much there. And I just didn't feel like she delivered it. And, you know, Prince Charming himself, Josh Dallas, same thing, but he was a little bit more credible. Again, it's going to sound like I'm, you know, raising my little Canadian flag again, but I'm going to anyway. Um, I really liked Athena Karkanis and I, I've always liked her. Um, I haven't seen a lot of stuff, but she was in a, a Canadian series called the border and she, you, people might know her from, um, some of the saw movies and the expanse, but I really think she, she was a scene stealer in it. And I think it's going to be interesting the, to see how she, she's the she wife. The doctor? Sorry. Oh, okay. No, yeah. she's the wife. Um, and, and I think. I think I'm hoping that they develop sort of her a little bit more, that she's not going to just be the wife. Um, 
But it was honestly, if it was shot in Vancouver, I'm disappointed in the fact that it, you know, some, some, something went up in flames and it was like the lamest looking visual effects I've seen in a long time. And I was just, again, yelling at the TV. (laughs) That last scene is, that's one of those where you, uh, uh, having watched it on a screener, you're like, oh, well, maybe that's not the uh, finished version. <laughs> and then you, and then you see it on TV and you're like, oh, that was the finished that's version. so <laughs> bad. It was really It bad. reminds me of like the really, you know, the really bad MacGyver things that they used to do, you know, 30 some odd years ago when, you know, you have some really good CGI. It just... It just seemed so cheap considering what technology can do right now. And I was, and I thought, come on, they, did they run out of their budget? Well, yeah, it was the, well, it was the kind of thing where they used a real plane that was sitting there and then they tried to show, uh, you know, the, the computer generated, you know, it blowing up, but nothing really happened. Way to go in the spoilers. Instead of just, that's the whole point of this conversation. <laughs> I know I'm teasing. I'm teasing. If, uh, as I always say, if you're listening to this right now and haven't watched the episode and you get spoiled, it's your fault. But no, in, instead of having like where the whole the whole thing was computer generated, where then you can make it feel because it it didn't feel like it actually like blew apart or anything like that pieces went anywhere or that it, you know, that it broke in two or something, you know, like they just sort of, it didn't blow up real good. They just sort of, it just sort of like blows up and sort of catches on fire and has a really bad fireball coming uh, out of it. And then uh, they don't really show it too much (laughs) anymore. Cause, but I thought it was, like Kyle said, I, of the new shows that I saw ahead of time, which I didn't get to a ton of them, but of the few that I had seen or now that have have seen of the new shows, it's the one that at the end I was like, oh, yeah, I, I definitely want to see more of of that one because they have a good they have a good hook. They have, you know, they introduce like this one main family and the brother and sister uh, and then a couple of other characters, and it seems that it'll mainly revolve around them, but then they'll be able to bring in the other stories of some of the other passengers, and then they'll end up crossing paths with you know different ones and stuff at different times. And, and so they have a lot of ability to bring in other uh, interesting stories uh, and stuff while still fleshing out more of these you know, main sort of main characters that we're going to, it looks like follow from episode to episode. Yeah. Cause they've already done quite a few interesting things just in the pilot. Like they have the, the kid who had terminal cancer, who now magically five years later, they have a actual treatment that he can take advantage of where he was literally like months away from dying, but now. And created because... by a doctor that was on the flight as well. You know, like, what a coincidence. That's why I'm wondering if there's going to be even more like strange connections between all these characters. Like we just have this right now, but like, what's the reason they were all on that plane? Is it more 
to it than just uh yeah how will other ones help other ones out and things uh, because of you know things that they were doing uh, or things that happened since they were gone or uh or whatnot but but yeah they they put in i don't know some of those uh i'm i'm interested to find out uh who the wife is uh cuz they didn't really they didn't really show that yeah, just that she was, you know, and uh, and it, you know, wanted to put that aside now that, uh, you know, her husband was back. Uh, but then they had, you know, like the sister, uh, of course, that the uh, the guy moves on, but he moves on with her best friend. <laughs> like that's the, uh, uh, so they can make that a little more even more awkward. Uh, you know, some of that stuff. Is just I don't know. It's some of the I don't know. I guess some of the things they have to add in. I guess to try and uh, create some to stuff. add the this is us element to it. <laughs> yeah. <that they> want. <laughs> uh, but overall, I thought the the main idea of like uh, what happened, why, and you know what kind of you see that the brother and sister have abilities. What, you know, what others have uh, developed abilities and what kind of abilities have they uh, developed? Is it going to be all kind of similar or are they going to have developed all different types of uh, things? And is it only, is it only the passengers that showed up there at the end or is it everybody on the flight that had stuff happen to them or, because uh, it wasn't the whole, it wasn't the whole group that had showed up there when the the plane blew up. Maybe some of them moved away since yeah. then, and they <laughs> they couldn't walk there in time. But yeah, I think it's yeah, it's still the the main show that I'm interested to you know check out tonight's episode <laughs> uh, as we record this uh, to see where they're uh, going to go from uh, from there. Cut to next week's podcast. Oh, I hate this show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that can that can happen. Like they can set oh, up definitely can. They can yeah. set up some you know interesting things, and the things that you think are interesting turn out to be not what the show is really going to be about. Like two or three episodes from now, and then you're like, oh well, now I'm not interested in this show. Especially since everything we're talking about tonight is is pilots, and that yeah everything changes after the pilot. It's a lot. Yeah. And sometimes you hope that it changes. Yeah. Like usually the pilot has a better budget for. <laughs> so, so hopefully not too many more special effects coming in, in subsequent episodes. Cause that'd be really, really bad. Uh, but uh, speaking of things blowing up, we'll move on to FBI <laughs> and uh, season one, episode one, the monster. And uh, it was actually, I thought it was interesting how well they sort of incorporated basically the f- destruction of a building uh, <laughs> into, I mean, it looked like they used, you know, it wasn't how a building would really explode. <laughs> like if somebody set a bomb in it, cause it doesn't just collapse like that so that nothing on either other side is touched. But when you, but when you uh, are trying to actually collapse a building in such a way, it does. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I thought that was, 
that was pretty good actually of of being able they to... blew that one up real good yeah and uh but i was actually i mean i guess i sort of knew going in that it was a dick wolf you know like a show uh, so I guess I should have expected it to be more uh, procedural, but the way it started out and stuff like that, I thought it was going to be, it, it felt like it was going to be longer form. And then they wrapped up the case in the first episode, you know, like, and you're like, oh, okay, so it is going to be a case a week. Yeah. I forgot it was a Dick Wolf show until the logo came on. And it was like, don, don <laughs> FBI. And I was like, oh, okay. I, I know. I know what show this is. But I, I don't watch any of those like SVU or or um, Law and Order or any of those. So, I, I mean, I thought this was like a solid show if you like that type of show. But I just wasn't all that interested in it. Um, but I mean, I think they, they did a decent job. I mean, it moves very quickly. Like they go from one suspect to the next. They rule out. They got all this fancy technology, like being able to draw a sketch from somebody's blood, which that yeah, seemed that, a little far fetched. That, that seemed like sci-fi there. Like, <laughs> it was like, yeah, the uh, the FBI uh, is doing some uh, great work in the uh, the this uh, thing that uh, you've uh, Gino phenotyping. Uh, I had to write that one down. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it seems like something I need to Google to see. Like, I did Google it to see if it was real, and it seemed like you're like. That's like the fake, word right? is real. Yeah, the, the word is real, but I don't know about sketching about, from. Yeah, the, you mean you can get uh, some characteristics? Uh, if you're lucky, you can get a sketch. Hey, yeah. does this look like anybody you've ever done before? <laughs> uh, so yeah, there was a little bit of that in the show of like the. Of course, I mean, <laughs> earlier in it, they're like, "Can you zoom in?" And you're like, "No." Not on that type of video that you're watching. There's no zoom in factor. I mean, you can, but it just blows it up and makes it less, you know, uh, clear. You don't you don't zoom in and you still have as clear a shot uh, uh, type of thing. Like that's uh, not really a thing with the that type of surveillance video, you know, type of camera. Uh, they're not they're not capturing high quality like. Uh, you know, HD video, uh, exactly. So they had those type of things and then this, that other stuff. And then the other thing that kind of bothered me was that, uh, towards the end, they're like, oh, that was, uh, you know, that's, that's some 48 hours or something like that. And you're like, wait, have they, they've just been up for 48 hours. They look <laughs> really good for having been up for 48 hours. Uh, nobody went home or anything. Uh, and yeah, I, I was a little off on the, you know, like the time frame. Like I was like, how they're doing this stuff like really quick. And then they throw in the line that uh, you're like, oh, it's two days. Okay. That makes a little more sense. But, uh, but yeah, I think it's of the caliber of, if you like procedurals, you know, the mystery of the week, uh, it's a solid version of that. Uh, but, uh, what did you think, uh, Lynn? Well, I used to like procedural cop shows until I watched this one. And full disclosure. <laughs> oh, now who's the monster uh, now, Lynn? I'm now? so the monster. Now, full disclosure to listeners, I actually didn't even finish it because I, it was boring me and I was actually tired. 
And it takes a lot for me to fall asleep when I'm watching something, especially when I knew I was going to be doing this podcast and it still didn't help. Um, it, it, you know, I think, you know, Dick Wolf has like, you know, formulaic things he's done. He's obviously super prolific. He's got a lot of shows. Um, he's done a lot of shows. A lot of shows are still long running, but I think we're in the era of everything is Netflixed. And I think they pushed so much so fast in this. It was just, it, it was almost too much for me. It was like, it wasn't the pacing. It was just like, they were almost like throwing as much information at, the, at you as they possibly could without letting you digest it a little bit and say, well, how did they come to that conclusion? How did they come to like, and to me, it was just like, Oh, forget it. They're just making stuff up. And I mean, I really like, you know, Jeremy Sisto, I like even in the parts that I was awake for when he was on, he seemed wasted. I don't know if in the later half of it, if he's not wasted, I don't know, but it, it was just, it bothered me on so many levels um, because I do like cop shows and because, it, you know, they've got a good cast. Um, you know, as we discussed off air, um, Missy Peregrine, you know, I, you know, I, like I said, raising my Canadian flag, she drove me nuts in this. And I think partially because I think she's trying to break away from her previous role in Ricky Blue. She basically scowls through the whole show. Like she's trying to be this hard edged FBI agent. And then, you know, there was little nuances where like, even the writing was so bad, like, you know, you know, you have this tragedy happen, whatever. And there was actually parts of it that I thought, Ooh, this is a little too close to nine 11 kind of thing. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Cause I'd watched a documentary recently on it, but she, you know, you have this mother who mourns the loss of her kid, but she still has another one. And she's like, you should have let me die in that building. And it's like, yeah, that was, you still have too. another kid. Yeah. The other you kid's know, like that, sitting right there in a stretcher. Right there. <laughs> you should let me die. So obviously he's the favorite child. And then I thought, did I miss something? Like, was he just the, you know, a babysitter? But then I remembered even when I was half falling asleep to this boring episode that he said, oh, yeah, I got to look after my brother. What she the girl said something about, oh, you're looking after your brother or something. So that line to me was just like. You know, to me, it was just it, it was such a bad piece of dialogue. And then, you know, Missy Peregrine's like kind of upset about it and stuff. And I like I get it because a kid died. But I mean, there was countless other people that were in there, too. And then in typical Hollywood fashion, because they don't want the good looking cop to be still covered in the dust and everything from the thing. When she's at the office, she goes and she grabs a change of clothes out of her out of her drawer. And to me, that was a perfect opportunity. Like I get that, you know, fine, you got to clean up, whatever. To me, that was a perfect opportunity where they could have had a moment where it's like, maybe your hands start shaking when she's getting ready to change because of what she just was part of, or like a little bit of shock of something or a little bit of a response to what the mother had said, you know, like my child died. I wish I was dead, you know, something like that, nothing. And then she just looks like she just topped out of like a fashion spread for like new black suits unlimited or something, you know, like it was just too much for me. And I mean, I'm going to have to watch the end of it because I just feel it's unfair to be making all these comments and then, you know, I'll be eating crow two weeks from now or something, but you know, I it just, Oh, when she did go into the drawer, they did hint at something going on. Cause she had that 
picture, picture. Frame picture of someone sitting in her drawer, which I assume is like a it's her husband, either a husband the, or a boyfriend. The, or, yeah, it, that the uh, you know the guy her partner asked her about it uh, later. If yeah, she, if she wants to talk about it, uh, you know, if that's you know the ability to just sort of go on, uh, you know, after something. Yeah, and like there's there's such a thing as you know going in autopilot and you've been trained to do this and then you react later, like the whole post traumatic. But it was just you know her scowling the whole thing, and then Connie Nielsen who played like I guess the lead the lead investigator or whatever said FBI's on you at the beginning. It was the weirdest thing to have a Danish New York accent, uh, which I thought that was kind of funny. And I mean, she, she was in gladiator and I mean, I don't know what she's been doing, but she was a pretty great actress. And I, I don't know if she showed up in the other parts of it, but um, yeah, that was a little, she's like the head of the office. She's like the head of that FBI office or whatever. Yeah. So there you go. See, that's how good the show was. I completely missed that. So yeah, so. I think it 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 uh, it had some problems, but it also. I mean, you guys talk about how much it crammed in and how like it you know it finished it. I also felt though like it moved really slow to have completed <laughs> the investigation and and finished it by the end of the episode. Like it felt both slow and fast for some reason. Yes, uh, I agree. It's like they shoved everything down your throat at the beginning. And then when they needed, then when there was parts where you needed the speed and the pacing of it, you're just like, Oh, come on, hurry it up. Yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. It, it did have an odd feel to it, but, uh, I'll probably, I mean, I'll probably check out, uh, a couple more to see, you know, what it's, uh, what it's going to be like, uh, I mean, you know, what kind of cases are they going to be uh, investigating? Because that's the other thing that happens too sometimes is they, you know, because it's a pilot and you're trying to grab people's attention is you kind of go with something big and then subsequent cases feel sort of like middling and like not worth your time, you know, uh, or you're just like, or, or is they, are they just dealing with like a horrific event after a horrific event? Uh, which seems also unlikely as well, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, the next show on our list uh, wasn't exactly a horrific event, but I didn't particularly care for it. Uh, it Single Parents, season one, episode one, the pilot. And uh, Lynn, we'll start with you this time. What did you think of uh, Single Parents? You know, it was on my list for the contest. I was just looking to see what the ranking was, how I ranked it, because I thought, oh, this is going to be so bad. Um, yes, I I ranked it as like the third thing I thought was going to get canceled this year. I kind of still feel that way. Um, I think I think it's marketed as kind of like this snarky, sarcastic single parents thing, but there is a little bit of heart to it. So I was a little happy with that. I mean, it's got a great cast, um, but I, I don't know. I think it's like one of those things where they they really, I don't know. I don't think it's one that people will necessarily stick around for if they don't like the pilot. You know, where, you know, as you said, with FBI, you might watch it, go, mm, I'm not too sure how this is going to be, but I'm going to check it out this is one of those ones where it's some of it was too slapsticky and then 
So it lost its credibility. And then when it had the heart, you kind of wish they had had more like that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm hoping that I'll get some points on my little cancellation Deadpool. <laughs> it was, to me, it was just, I don't know. I didn't think it was funny. I didn't find, I, it was, it, it does have, because of the cast and, and stuff like that, the potential that now that they've gotten rid of the introducing everybody and, and incorporating the new person into the group, you know, sort of stuff after, you know, out of the way that maybe they can get into more like single parenting problems and how these people all help each other through those things. Uh, you know, it, you know, it could be interesting. I mean, it's a, but I just didn't find much of it funny and I felt, and, and some of it just seemed really stupid and I don't get, I totally missed. How is the, the guy that's into shoes, with the baby, how is he connected like, to this group? <laughs> like, he's a neighbor. He's a neighbor, he's a neighbor. of the, oh, he's of a the na- woman he's who the- babysits. Uh, who said she can? What? He's. She said she's Douglas's only babysitter. Oh, um, the yeah, okay, the the flamboyant kid. Yeah, the one with yeah, the, so uh, the, the, yeah. the 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 one with the grape kid. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> Did you not laugh at the kind of cargo pants thing? Come on! I I thought of you immediately because I knew we were going to be. As soon as he, he unzipped those pants, I'm like, those pants? are cool pants. I have but I a bet pair of those. Like those. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have a pair of those convertible pants. Uh, <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> uh, Suddenly they're going to go missing this weekend. But yeah, that I don't know. I just the I don't know the different. I don't know the the different characters and stuff like that. I just didn't find uh, like their stick funny, and uh, you know the whole the whole thing. I mean, I liked you know I like some of these people and stuff like that, um, but yeah, I I never found myself laughing out loud. But I did I did like a lot of the characters. Like I think the kids were were funny. Like the they kids got... were better than the adults. Yeah, I think so. And like I had completely forgotten what network this was on. I was just watching it after I recorded it off the TiVo. But of course, as soon as the Moana songs kicked in, I'm like, "Oh, it's it's ABC using their Disney connection to get licensed to uh, to use a Moana song in their in their thing." That, so was, that was my favorite part. I think is when but they I, were all singing at the end. Yeah, well, it was, I don't know, that was over the top. But also, it's <laughs> stuff in there that bothered me was things like the guy gets kicked out of the woman's apartment and he sees that he doesn't have his keys. But he doesn't say, hey, I left my keys in there. He starts banging and says, let me in. Are you still there? Like, And everything except that he left his keys in there. So, of course, she thinks he's a weirdo. And they were just like, but you, if you were missing your keys, you would knock on the door and say, hey, can you toss my keys back out here? I left my keys in there. I thought I was, he did say he it. He doesn't. He eventually he, said he, it. Yeah, like way down yeah. the line after she's already shut the curtains and gone and, and like run off. And apparently the police are, she's got like them on speed dial because they responded <laughs> so quickly. They were, yeah, really. they were in the neighborhood. <laughs> but also like. All he had to do was explain, I'm, I just, 
I just need to get my keys. Could you get my keys? And they would have been like, oh, you just wanted to get your keys. And they could have gone up and got the keys for him. Yeah. Uh, instead, they were like practically. But then we to, wouldn't like, have got the Moana song. Yeah. But then they, they practically wanted to take him away until the rest of them show up. And then you're just, I don't know. It was just it, it's stuff like that, that it's something that gets created that wouldn't that doesn't feel like it would happen. Just so you can manufacture this, you know, this type of thing at the end. See that bug that bugs me in certain shows. This one it didn't bother me at all because I enjoyed the moment that it ha- that it ended up creating. But I I know where you're coming from because that bugs me to no end on other shows where they do stuff just for the sake of creating conflict when there really would be none if someone yeah. just said what they meant. Yeah, so I don't know. I might give it another one just to see what it's like now that they've gotten, you know, now that the group is together uh, and see, you know, if if once it gets past, like, the pilot-itis, that uh, it, uh, maybe it's a little better, but uh, I don't know. Uh, recently, a bunch of uh, comedies, even ones that I really like, have fallen off, <laughs> fallen off the list of of things that I've kept up with. Uh, over last season, so uh, I don't know if I'm going to end up adding another one, uh, especially that doesn't get off to a good start, but I do want to see another episode to see what they do with it after... Now that they're a village? Yeah, now that that the uh, village is together. But with that, uh, we'll move on to uh, talk about uh, A Million Little Things. The TV show, one. we're not going to talk about a million <laughs> little things that the podcast would take forever. Uh, but uh, season one, episode one, the pilots. And uh, Kyle, what'd you think about a million little things? I really enjoyed this one. I thought it was, uh, they did a good job. Like, I remember seeing from the ads, like, oh, one of them kills himself. So I thought it was a good fake out if you didn't remember exactly who, because they have the one guy starting off, he's taking the pills, and the other guy looks like he's like, perfectly fine like uh ron livingston he's perfectly fine have, doing his job uh making some kind of deal although when i rewatch it when you hear his wording it's kind of like a premonition but uh well, but yeah, yeah i think does, they do he does say he's like you've got five minutes and we're either gonna have a deal or we're never going to make yeah a deal. like that took on new meaning <laughs> as i was rewatching it i was like oh so that's what this meant because originally when i was watching it, i was like oh i know one of them's gonna die this guy's like taking all the pills so he's gonna be the one that's not in the show that's gonna be like killing himself so i thought that was a good fake out if you thought you were spoiled by the by the ads and you forgot who was actually in the show uh but then i think like then they did a good job of like like they have the big reveal at the end of who who was uh that because you find out right away that uh grim guy was having an affair but like you don't know <laughs> who sorry i don't remember grim <laughs> Any, guy. i love uh, it uh he was having an affair and so then they do that that nice reveal at the end to show you who he was having it with and then you're wondering like, how does that play into the rest of it? And then you have the secretary who's obviously hiding something. She had the envelope that he gave him, uh, that he left her and his phone. And then she's going through deleting a whole bunch of files. So I, I like this mystery that they set up. Like, why does this seemingly... Yeah, you don't know what she, what he left exactly. And whether it was 
a directive for her to actually do what she's doing or she saw it and decided to do what she's doing and it was actually left to be found. I watched the second time I watched the episode, it, the, uh, the envelope, the folder actually had a certain person's name on it. I thought it had her name on it. I couldn't it? tell what. Not the secretary's. It had somebody else's. But we'll, I'm, I'm leaving that for my, my I, turn. I couldn't see what. <laughs> I couldn't see what was written on it. I mean, it looked like something was written on it, but I didn't see. I don't recall it. Uh, I guess when she put it in the drawer, maybe. You could see it. Did she put it in with the the writing up, face up? I could just mm. one you could read it when it was on when she goes and picks up in the phone thing on top. So I thought you could read. Yeah, it. yeah. Well, that's what yeah. I don't recall seeing it. I just remember seeing the phone was on top of the folder, and then she takes it off and she sees something, and uh, I don't recall seeing the the folder whose name was on it. Delilah. Who's Delilah? Who is Delilah? Who is in the show? Yes. Yes, I. Unless I was wrong, I'm just looking at the characters' names now just to make sure that I don't mess well, that's it up. His wife. Oh, it's his wife. Yeah. So it was. So the folder was left for his wife, and so she's taken it. So that's why she didn't open it, but she also didn't give it to the wife because she probably knows about the. She must know about the affair. Yeah, but if she's she, looking at. Uh, I have my I have my assumptions on that, and I have my assumptions on something else. Because I, I mean, maybe I shouldn't say it now, or do you want? Should I say I wanna, it now? I want to know. I keep jumping if, in. I want to know if Constance Zimmer is actually going to be in the show, or if she was just in the show as a person that you would recognize and be familiar, because that worked as a really good. Oh, that's the person that. He's having an affair with. That he's so. having an affair with. That was my thought is she was there and she was. Me too. And she was trying to sort of support him and he was trying to ignore him. Uh, but I'll be annoyed if that's the only reason that she was there and she doesn't end up actually being part of the show. Because I don't know if it works if you just have a random person. I mean, it, it still could have, but it seemed to work more because you go, oh, we're going to. There's somebody I I know, but that worked really well as a fake out uh, for finding out that uh, the person because because they they do say that you know he he does say that he fell for uh, you know the mother of one of his students and you you know that he's been teaching their daughter uh, guitar so. That it was it was out there to be possible, but that was a good fake out uh, to not make you go there until the end. And you know, for a split second too, I or after you know towards the end of the episode, I started thinking maybe she's related to Delilah because I don't know, maybe it was their short haircuts or something. But they, <laughs> they kind of look so like much sisters. the same. Yes. Yeah. So for a second, I'm like, wait a second, that's not the wife. Wait, what? And, and, you know, talking off air, we were saying it took us a second to recognize that it was Constance Zimmer. And on IMDb, if they're not updating, you never know, because IMDb is never 100% accurate. She's only listed for one episode. But then again, it's early on. Yeah, they don't necessarily know who's in what yet. Yeah, I mean, there's some that are listed five episodes, some are listed four, others are listed two, and others are listed one, so... 
they could be doing that just not to give things away as well, right? Who knows? But I mean, she's also just listed as mourner. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's very. She might just be a friend of one of the yeah, producers, and they're like, yeah, it's like just hang out. Of, uh, uh, thing. We need a face that people will recognize uh, to just uh, say throw people <laughs> say something in the in a scene. There's other things like I want to know what's on the voicemail that uh, that was left because you you hear that he called uh, and he says that his phone was off, but then you see that his phone wasn't off, and then at the end you see that there's a voicemail and you don't know whether he's listened to it or not and knows anything. But they had some you know interesting connections and uh, uh, and things, and then even like the. Cancer girl. Yeah, the the, the girl you're... with cancer that uh, he picks up at the cancer support group turns out to be, you know, uh, like a psychologist, and so she, she's going to be talking to one of the other ones, and she's going to, and she kind of gets incorporated into the group really fast. Yeah, I, I I thought I really liked that relationship. She's how she how Me quickly too. she became part like friends with them, and just the relationship between her and James Rodake's character. One thing I found interesting, though, is she's like bonding with these other two women. But where's Grace Park? She's like not even around when the rest of them are all at this funeral. Is like she not even really well, that's part the, of this group? Well, she yeah, she is. I mean, that's the you know, she does say at the funeral like that, uh, you know, the guy that died is did always try to make her feel like she was part of the group. But yet you see that she's a total workaholic. And and so that's definitely a problem, but I, I, I mean, I'm sure we'll see, you know, different things happen and, uh, you know, down the road now that, uh, they've had a little bit more of a bonding experience where they actually tell some, each other, some real things like that. He's worried that the cancer is going to come back and he just, you know, he has to go in every three months or whatever for, for screenings. And so like, he's not, it's not like it's gone and he's just living you know, freely. And then, you know, the other guy says that he's, you know, been having an affair. And then the one guy says, you know, if the one good thing that came from this is that if you hadn't called multiple times to tell me, I would have, I would be the person that was dead right now. This is just all your average talk at a hockey yeah, game between right. guys. Yeah. Well, they, <laughs> it was. Uh, I think they set that up really well, though. And then he had some, uh, I don't know, uh, some of the uh, videos and things that he's ha- he has or whatever. And so there's a bunch of different things to find out more about what was going on. But, you know, it's was there some sort of financial misdealings or something like that that the guy yeah. was doing? Because she was erasing files. You know, the, the, the assistant was erasing files at the end and... But how do you get that restaurant if he didn't like he somehow got that restaurant for the the other woman? Uh, well, he was like, yeah. you need to the deal he wanted to make was charge me more for all the other places in the building and nothing for that so that she could have, you know, and it's it's the type of thing that's paid off or whatever uh, type of thing. But but is there other things that he just didn't feel like he was going to be able to that he'd been doing and he wasn't going to be able to get through or something or that's my prediction. So yeah, you'll find you know, why I'm sure there'll be something into why he's, why he did it. And 
stuff like that. I I mean, I like the cast. For the most part, it 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 worked uh, uh, pretty well, even if they some of the connections like they made him a little too close. I don't know. Like when you find out that it's the wife, you know, that he's sleeping with, not just some other student uh, type of thing. They, they kept it pretty close knit within all of those people. But I'll just say, as we were talking about beforehand, the one, the one little thing that I had is that it being set in Boston, even though it's not filmed there is when you set something in Boston and these people are clearly from Boston seem to have grown up there. And they come in contact with other people and things around. And I know not everybody has, you know, the quote Boston accent, but that nobody does ever (laughs) that they come in contact with uh, is always weird when you set a show in a place that you know has a decent sized number of people that have some sort of accent, either, you know, living in the Northeast or, a certain part of Boston or, you know, living in the South or, or wherever. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, when you're filming in Vancouver, you can't exactly, uh, you're, you're pulling, you know, your, your day actors and your, you know, your guest stars of the week and stuff like that, uh, that you're pulling from are all Canadian from Vancouver that, uh, But they shipped up all that uh, Bruins gear. They yeah. could have just shipped up a couple, a couple extras couple as well. Couple accents. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. See just, that? I mean, it it loses some of the the realism to me. Like to me, it's like why, why set it there? Like if that's if the place itself is not going to be an actual real. Because you could have said it in any town that had a hockey team if you wanted to make them hockey fans, you know? Yeah. You could have said it in Vancouver. <laughs> but then you Americans wouldn't like that. <laughs> but we know it's not Boston. Now it's just fake Boston. Well, obviously. But I, I mean, I agree with what you're saying about the accents, but... The whole thing was, you know, even in the funeral, like especially for the leads, I think, I think they, I think they can get away with the leads not having an accent because the whole thing, it, when they were saying in the funeral, is like everybody thought we went to college together and then explained how they met. So to me, I'm, I have this suspension of disbelief where maybe they had all moved to Boston or most, or they had relocated, but although one of them, I think said born and bred. So I could be off on that one, but um, yeah, like I just didn't feel like all of the people had, had lived there their entire lives. But as you said, like the only thing that had the, the only person that had an accent of any record was the fireman who opened the elevator when they were trapped in there, which I thought it was almost like they purposely threw one little token accent in there and had the Bruins jerseys in a very bad-looking hockey arena, you know, to, to kind of justify it. But it's true. Like, just keep it as a nondescript city instead of saying something, you know, like a city where there is pretty relatively strong accents or stereotypically so because I've only been to Boston once. Um, but can I make my prediction, guys? Sure. So we can what do you keep do? it. So, so I – you know, watching it the second time with a different audience and trying to see if anybody would guess what what was coming up next, they didn't. Um, 
There was always on the TV, there were a couple of scenes where there was the TV, I think it was talking about some sort of water scandal or there was some scandal that kept being put on the air. Like when I think, what's his name? Romani Malco, who was in the 40-year-old virgin, the guy who um, starts popping the pills. But it was in the background when he was doing it. And then, you know, he was, you know, dropping the pills and things like that. Yeah, there was a news story uh, there, that they were talking about. There's an, exactly. And to me, nothing in television or even in film is done without, like, just secondary, like, it, you know, the TV happened to be on when they were shooting it. That doesn't happen. It's purposefully there. Well, especially so when my, you get audio from the television. You're not just getting obvious, the picture in yeah, the background yeah, or whatever. That's right. So for me, my prediction is, is that little Mr. Perfect Ron Livingston, who, you know, he's just one of those guys. Like That's the scandal that he's wrapped up in and didn't think he was going to be able to get out of. And sooner or later, it was going to be found out that he was a part of it. Thank you. That's why I'm going to marry you. Um, <laughs> it just, it, you know, he, yeah, I think everybody is like, oh, he's so good. He always made me feel this and he never paid. We never paid for the tickets and he was the best boss and he was this and that. I think this guy has been set up to be almost godlike in the eyes of everybody. He got this guy sober, that something like this would have to like for him, you know, you know, like there's he had lots to of talk about depression and mental health. And it, with him. Exactly. So, you know, and, and I, I really have to say, you know, especially with, you know, lots of conversations about mental health issues. I, I really like the fact that, you know, they didn't show him jumping. It was, I think it was stronger, you know, with, with the secretary or admin assistant running, you know, out outside those little things. But to me, you know, all those questions, like a lot of people that I know who had suicide in their family or depression in their family really liked the fact that, you know, it was handled well, but, you know, sometimes there is no answer. But to me, my prediction is, is that he's going to be part of this scandal that could have like killed people or could have. And, you know, maybe he tried to cover it up, which is why the files were being deleted. And the only way he could see without destroying his family and everything else was to do that. Um, but again, like the fact, you know, somebody that was watching with me was like, maybe he was pushed. And it's like, no, he wasn't pushed because she wouldn't have <laughs> Some run. magic bird flew in. <laughs> it just like, like, magically appeared. Well, I mean, there is that suspension of time. Maybe it was an owl. Right? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it was a Canada goose. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there is that, that passage of time. But I, I just think, you know, it, it, it was so well done. You know, it's being compared to This Is Us, and some people say it was like a male This Is Us kind of thing. But I think it was done in a real way. Like, yeah, I mean, I have a lot of guy friends, and I don't see them, you know, sitting there discussing their feelings, but that there's, like, those little moments where they're distracted or, like, in a car or drinking a beer, and like, oh, you know, I thought of that or whatever. And that that moment where he said, you know, if you hadn't phoned me and to tell me the news, it would have been me. And, and then to say, you know, I have everything going for me. I have this wife who loves and adores me and everything. You know, obviously, I'm sure at some point we'll find out why he felt that way. But he's just like, you know, that feeling of helplessness and the fact that he had the, the people rallying around him, I just thought was really was really well done. Yeah, I think he's the one that's actually has the depression. 
Yeah. Because he's not doing what he wants to do, you know, what he wants to do. All he talks about is one day making his movie and mm-hmm. but he's making, you know, silly commercials and and things uh, and never really moving forward on the thing that he wants to do. And so he just uh I don't know, I think that's part of feeling his depression of even though everything's seems great, he's doing a bunch of things that he doesn't want to do that aren't great. Uh, don't give him joy, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I I I really liked it. Uh I think I'm going to keep going to keep watching because they I think they set the you know, the characters are mostly likable. Uh you want to get to know more about uh, some of these people uh and these uh and then also they set it up with you know sort of the what happened you know why did he do this as something to uh to move forward uh with and uh you know that's it still has the feeling of the type of thing that like once you find out what he why he did it uh and some of the other secrets get out then like where like where do you go from there like after a season like yeah, you still have these people together, but part of what's creating the drama and the stuff is the, even though they finally let it each other in on some stuff, they still are each all holding back on something or to somebody like he told his friends, but he didn't tell his wife, you know, uh, about it, about the uh, almost committing suicide. You know, the, he tells about, uh, you know, that he's cheating on his wife, but not with who. You know the uh, they all had uh, you know the the other guy uh, Giantoli has you know he still has the message so he has some little bit of extra piece of information about what happened possibly uh, but he hasn't told anybody else so it's those type of things it's like how once you move forward on those things how do you keep putting those type of things into after a while you'd be like why are these people friends all they do is keep creating new lies to tell each other. But I think at least for, I don't know, right now for a season, I'm interested to see, you know, where, where it goes with these different, uh, with these characters. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, that the comparison with this is us is kind of there. And it's sort of that same line where you're, you're like, well, you know, the father dies. And then when you find out, you're like, really? And I think a lot of people were really disappointed about how that happened. And, and I felt the same way as you did talking about this is it's like, how are they going to continue that story? Well, I was never really interested in the dad story. I was always interested in everybody else's. So I think maybe if they go that sort of same route is like, yes, it, unve- it unveils a whole bunch of things about those characters and maybe the secrets they have, but that it continues on. And then, you know, well, it also the need, longer they the flashbacks the longer they drag it out, the bigger reveal you're expecting. So that's true too. <laughs> that's, always, that's always true. That's always uh, a lot of times the fatal flaw of some of these things is that they keep adding little hints here and there and, and drawing it out so long that by the time you do get an answer, it's underwhelming where, yeah. where if they would have told you that, you know, a handful of episodes in you would have, you know, it wouldn't have been a uh, big a deal, but you know, twenty-two episodes in, 
and they tell you, or they still haven't told you or something. Uh, and it starts to be like, oh, okay, what uh, huge thing is coming? And then it's it's hard to finally, for that thing to actually be huge enough uh, to satisfy all that buildup. Yeah. But that's what I like so much about, about this TV, one. So I just wanted to make yeah. that clear. <laughs> yes. But you know, this is the thing that, that kills me. Like, you know, going back to that whole when I was saying the Netflixing of shows and everybody ha- you know, especially now with, with ratings and you know, if you don't succeed, you're pulled off the air. Like shows don't aren't given a chance anymore. This is the one where they've done it in a way that they've given you a lot of backstory without shoving it down your throat like a certain other show we'll be talking about. And you're still left interested. You know, the pacing is there. It may be a slower pace than some of the other shows. Do you think we're talking you're, about another you're show? You're hanging on not? to those little details. Mm, yeah, maybe. Because <laughs> I was maybe like, I didn't think the cool kids about that one. Because I was like, I don't, think, I don't think the throat. cool kids tried to shove a ton of stuff down <laughs> yeah. their throat. Well, can I just can I just bitch about another show that maybe we weren't supposed to? So you have talk some about New Amsterdam it? problems, do you? I have lots of New Amsterdam problems. Yeah, mm. am I allowed to talk about it, or should we just we'll just leave that for another day? Just leave that for a future. Uh, That'll episode. be a non-recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be that'll be the highlight. That would be the one show that when I messed up in my little TV Deadpool. The second time I missed putting that back in, but even that trailer looked bad, and it's pretty bad to script a hospital medical drama's trailer enough to go, oh yeah, that's not going to last. And if the powers that be keep this stupid show on longer than it should, I will be very upset because not one single solitary actor in that show has chemistry with one other actor in the series. It is so weak. All right. Okay. I will shut up now. They did cram a lot of stuff uh, uh, in there, uh, but uh, we'll move on to another <laughs> new show <laughs> that is actually on the list. Uh, the final show, uh, The Cool Kids, uh, season one, episode one, the pilot. And uh, this is, I don't know. I actually, <laughs> it's, it's kind of forced in some places and stuff. And I, I think similar to single parents once, now that they've got the introductions and things out of the way, it could be interesting to watch, uh, this group uh, going forward. Uh, but the thing about them is you have such pros that even the bad stuff was delivered really well. So like, uh, but, uh, what did you think about it, Lynn? Yeah, it, it was on my list. I mean, the cast is amazing. I mean, you've got a, a massive pedigree there, like Vicky Lauren. I mean, the fact like no one has seen her really since like Mama's Family or the Carol Burnett show or her own talk show. And to come back on a, on a sitcom was like, wow, well, for her to come back, either she she needs the money or like it's going to be a good show is kind of my attitude about it. And I and I was really, really hoping that it would would be a good show. And I, and I'm glad that, you know, it was quite funny and I actually want it to, you know, be a test market. And I had my parents watch it and my dad was killing himself laughing. He thought it was hilarious. So if it hits the older demographic, cause they're, you know, pushing to that certain age about being in a home, then 
I think that's a good thing. Um, and for those of us not of a certain age, <laughs> I, I, it was like the, the, the as you said, you know, the, some of the like lamer jokes when you have like Martin Mull or like David Allen Greer. Like, it just seems so weird. It makes me feel really old to see David Allen Greer playing a guy in a nursing home. And I was like, I remember him from, like, In Living Color. He's not that old. Yeah. Well, they've, um, they've kind of aged him up with the gray hair and stuff yeah. like that. Because, you know, he was just playing the dad on the Carmichael show. And he wasn't old enough to be in a home uh, type of thing. But I I think my favorite line in the whole thing was, was Martin Mull. When, she, when the director of the place says, you guys aren't here, you know, you can leave any time. You don't have to be here. And he's like, wait, what? My kids have been lying to me this whole time. This whole time, yeah. And then he was saying something about Burning Man. I mean, it's such a good cast. I mean, even like the director is, I'm going to mess up her name. I wrote it down as I was ranting about new answers. Art, Artemis um, Payband. Bandy, who was on Masters of Sex and Scandal, and she's so good. So I'm really hoping that they they use her a lot because um, she's really funny. And there was a fun cameo. I don't know. Yeah, people of a certain age will remember a certain Clinger from yeah. Mash. Jamie Farr was in it, and I was like, "Wait, that's wait, that's Clinger." See the um, old guy bidding for the. Yeah. Yeah, he I, was the I, old guy. It'd be interesting to see if like he's going to be like one of the other residents that keeps popping up. Yeah. It would be funny if they started doing like pulling older characters from older shows in there, like not making it a gimmick, but like, you know, people wouldn't know who they are, but just recognize them and go. And like, as we did, it's like, Oh my God, that's Klinger. Um, you know, is scattered through it. But, um, it's actually, I was surprised at this, I, and I don't know him very well. I don't know his work very well, but Charlie Day is the writer and executive producer. Um, and he, you know, he was in Horrible Bosses and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So he was the guy that was fixing the table. I was like, that's kind of interesting that he, you know, I don't know if he's produced anything else um, or written for anything else. It seemed like kind of an interesting premise that he'd be writing a show like this. And he's not that old, but I mean, maybe he just wanted uh, an excuse to work with yeah. some of, you know, comedy legends and, you know, I mean, Vicki Lawrence is hilarious and it would be hilarious if she does like a cameo as like, you know, an old crotchety lady, like plays her mother or something, you know, like split screen it or something. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really funny. And, uh, you know, I just hope that, that you know, it'll be given a chance because the cast is so good and, and I think they can do a lot with it. See, I think I'm the only one that wasn't smitten by the show. Like, to me, it just felt so dated. It felt like I was back watching the original Fox lineup, except ah. this was this was their take on Golden Girls to try to compete with Golden Girls and the Fox network. Like, it just, to me, it just felt like I didn't find it funny at all. The only... The only moment that I even like was smiling was the scene when Leslie Jordan is trying to explain to Vicki Lawrence how she needs to earn her seat. And she that was just, hilarious. And she's just calling his bluff and he doesn't know how to continue with the, with his explanation. 
but other than that, like I I don't see myself watching any more of this. Like as as talented as those people were in their in the past, I just thought this was so poorly written and it just felt like they were trying so hard for laughs and it just wasn't working for me the whole time. Um but if everyone if others liked it they can uh, continue to have what night does this even air is it on friday nights fridays or? after uh, last man standing i don't watch that either so yeah. i guess my 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 uh team was clear on friday nights i guess well unless you're uh, watching speechless or fresh off the boat i'm the whole season i'm whole season behind on speechless but i i am watching fresh off the boat i think those are both on friday yeah, yeah, see, that's a show that I want I want to like, and I watched an episode this season, and oh man, it was trying so hard to be funny, and it was not. So I think Fresh Off the Boat, to me, the other the episode that I saw was what Kyle was saying was the cool kids for him. See, I'm just not, I'm not generally a fan of multi-camera comedies. To me, I just can't stand the laugh track, especially because most of the time I'm not laughing and you hear the laughter, and it just sounds fake. I think this one had a. This was a multicam, right? Yeah. Well, that's the cool uh, that's the flaw of of that type of thing. If it's not funny, is yeah. is if you hear laughter, but you're not, uh, that's definitely definitely a problem. But but for me, like I said, even though it wasn't great. And some of the stuff was not, you know, I guess you could say well-written or whatever. I don't know. I really liked watching them, like, just sort of go full bore at it. Uh, and I'll I'll definitely going to check out some more episodes. Uh, I mean, I liked this initially more than, like, single parents. Uh, but it had some of the similar type of problems. You're introducing a new character into a group. Uh, and introducing like the whole, you know, the whole setup. And now once you sort of know the landscape, you know, what are they, you know, what kind of trouble and stuff are they going to get into uh, on a weekly basis and, and stuff and see what they can, uh, they can do with that. Cause you have a lot of, uh, you have a lot of talent there and I don't know, it's kind of interesting to, for, yeah, like a guy like <laughs> uh, Charlie Day to be, you know, the creator and main writer behind a show that has, you know, that's set in, uh, you know, an old folks home is kind of interesting, but, but yeah, he'll show up as the, uh, as the handyman. That's not all that handy from time to time, I'm sure. And, uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens, uh, as it goes. What were you going to say, Lynn? Yeah, I was just thinking I was having a flashback to, um, an industry event that I went to, oh gosh, probably, well, let's just, let's just say it was four or five years ago and, uh, Norman Lear was there. And I mean, Norman Lear is just like, you know, a comedy genius, like a God. And I remember it, um, I think it was actually Phil Rosenthal that was, was doing the interview with him. And he was saying something about like, you know, how he would, it, how, if you were pitching a show, what would it be this like or now or something? And I rem- 
remember him saying something like there needs to be some like comedy about a bunch of old people in a nursing home or something like that. And I just wondered, like, like he's <laughs> sitting in a room full of TV people. And I'm wondering how many people are sitting there writing stuff down. Norman Lear said to write a story about this for sure. We can get it, you know, through the networks if Norman Lear said it. And so I'm almost starting to think, you know, was Charlie Day there? And he was just like, hmm, this would be a great idea. Let's run with it. You know, get those baby boomers who are still watching network television and give them something to watch. Yeah, he also uh, talked about this idea like um, two years ago at, at ATX. ATX. Yeah, so. it was the year before. It was the year before ATX. The year before he came to ATX is the year I saw him at. So he was pretty consistent in his uh, in his pitches, I guess. So yeah, or maybe he was at ATX. All right, so uh, that'll do it for the cool kids and uh, for the prime time segment, and we'll move on to the TV recommendations. And uh, first up, uh, mine, uh, I'm going to recommend again the TV Time app. I use it all the time to keep track of uh, what I'm watching and what I've, where I'm at in a whole slew of different shows that I'm behind on. But also, it just uh, it reminded me earlier this, or end of last week when it popped up to uh, charge me for... It's a free app, but they have a paid version of it that unlocks other features. Things like you can go back and mark uh, shows. Like if you watch something over and over again, you can war- you can mark that you've watched it twice or three times or or what have you. And and some other features that it has uh, uh, in the paid version. And it popped up on my my phone that it was being charged, so it reminded me of the app, even though I use it every time I'm watching TV to check off the stuff that I'm, I'm using. But if you like to, uh, uh, keep track of, of what you're watching and, and where you're at and, and you can go back and click off shows that you've watched in the past. Uh, and it'll give you, uh, you know, something that we all need, which is an estimation of the amount of time that we've spent watching TV. I don't need to see that. <laughs> no. I don't need to know that I have like four months of my life, which I have spent, according to the app, I have spent 27 months, one day, and 11 hours watching TV. For me, it's 29 months, three days, and nine hours. (laughs) And 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 I'm sure there's lots of stuff that I never know. So yeah, and the thing is, is I don't have everything in the back catalog checked off because there's some, there's some things like say like a mash, where I've seen. Lots of episodes of MASH, but I've never seen, like, watched it from start to finish full episodes. So, like, I haven't gone and clicked. I know I haven't seen every episode, so I haven't gone off and just clicked off all the seasons. But yet, there's a bunch of things like that that uh, in the past I've watched or, you know, or things like Friends. I clicked off that I've seen every episode of Friends, but I could also go back now and I can click off, you know, that I've seen every episode of Friends multiple times. Uh, and, uh, you know, multiple times of episodes of Seinfeld and stuff like that. So it's actually a low estimate <laughs> based on, uh, but it gives you that running total. It also says that I've watched 28,314 episodes that I have clicked off that I've watched in my TV watching history, but only six in the last seven days, which seems sort of sad, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's my. That's my recommendation. Check out the uh, TV Time app uh, if you uh, 
are a big TV fan and like to keep track of of where you are because a lot of things are like uh, you know shows that I stopped watching and you know may go back to it at a certain point but I've deleted things off the DVR and stuff like that and uh, but I can go back to the app and be like oh I'm at episode 11 and season 5 of Arrow and I can just pick back up from there like if I need to see where I stopped in season 2 of Queen of the South I can I can pick right up you can go back and find it uh, if you're not somebody like Kyle who just has DVR after DVR full of just shows of everything <laughs> and it, that he never deletes. Stuff gets shifted off to <laughs> spare DVRs to uh, use their hard drive space. Uh, but speaking of uh, recommendations that don't use DVR space, what is yours, Kyle? So my recommendation is Jack Whitehall Travels with My Father Season 2 on Netflix. So a while back I recommended Season 1, um, but now it's back for a uh, two-short, only five-episode second season. So it's a quick binge. They're only like 30 minutes each. Uh, so it's basically this 29-year-old British comedian, Jack Whitehall, goes on a like a trip adventure with his father, who's like 78 years old. So you get this... Uh, huge age difference. So there's like a uh, a bit of an odd couple type dynamic between them because he's this younger guy who's up for like a wild trip and his dad's much more reserved and grumpy and, uh, and, and dresses all proper all the time. But like, he's also got a great sense of humor, the dad, like he's got this really dry wit and he like dishes out just as much as, as Jack, uh, like harasses him. So it's like part comedy road trip, part travel show. Cause they do, uh, look at some interesting destinations. So the first season, they mainly went around Southeast Asia cause it was an excuse for Jack to have his like gap year trip that he never had when he was younger. And so this time around it's his father's turn to set the itinerary and they're, he's trying to get a much more cultured and educational trip around Eastern Europe. But of course uh, that gets derailed quite often for uh, these very odd uh, side trips that they go on, but it's a really fun show. Uh, it's a very quick binge. Like this season was only five episodes. I think the, the first season was only a little bit longer, but uh Definitely worth uh, checking out. All right. And uh, what's your recommendation, Lynn? Well, um, I recommend that no one watches New Amsterdam. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's like I said, it's been a long time. That's why I got so fired up about it. And then I forgot that we weren't going to talk about it. So I like kind of snuck it in there in the back. Um, I... I've been extolling the virtues of this series for a while now. Um, I'm really hoping that this will kind of open some network's eyes or to, to put it on the American airwaves, but there's a show called working moms, working moms that's on uh, CBC here in Canada. And it's just been nominated for an international Emmy for best comedy series. And it is really quite funny as far as the sitcom goes it's um for those winona Earp fans um danny f in kind as she's known on twitter uh is in it Catherine reitman daughter of ivan reitman and sister of jason reitman is the director producer writer actor her husband her real life husband plays her real uh, her husband on the show it's 
it's really quite funny. It has a lot of heart and I'm really excited that it's been nominated. And then I feel like this was kind of like a, a movie that was sort of like a rejected pilot for a TV show. But on Netflix, I kind of thought this, uh, uh, Netflix film called The Kissing Booth was kind of cute, but it felt like it was like almost like a pilot for a TV show. And um, I know we're talking TV, but it's on Netflix, so I'm giving it like pretend it's like a, a TV MOW um, to all the boys I've loved before. I was like the biggest John Hughes fan, and this is like the closest thing to a John Hughes type movie for the next generation that I've seen, and it was just so darn cute. So. <laughs> That would be my recommendations. All right. With that, as always, you can find links uh, to uh, more about our recommendations, uh, as well as the news stories, and also where you can f- contact us in the show notes uh, at tvtimes3.com slash 399. And uh, if you enjoyed the episode and you're not subscribed, I'd ask that you uh, please subscribe so that when new episodes hit, you get notified right away that there's a new one to download or to stream or to play or whatever just go to uh, tvtimes3.com slash subscribe and click on whichever link there will take you to whatever device you have uh, to uh, subscribe in either apple Podcasts on iphone or google Podcasts on your android phone or various other options and uh With that, uh, thank you, uh, Kyle and Lynn, for joining me on episode 399. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for being had.